And remember that we are not descended from fearful men. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Five, four, three. The Kellen and Alex Show. Zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The Kellen and Alex Show. Kellen, welcome. Dr. Dom, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And uh, Dr. Bruninger, welcome as well. Good to be Uh, here. Kellen and Alex show, and, and this podcast is on your bread and virtue class. Correct. Baking bread and virtue. That's right. As opposed to breaking bread and virtue, which I we thought, thought it was, was, gonna, I thought it was breaking bread, but then I heard baking bread and I'm like, it's both. Actually. This, yeah. This you can't break good. it if you haven't baked it. So if you bake alone, bake a bread just for yourself, that is not part of the virtue building. That's not, no, that's not what we'll be teaching. Yeah. It's meant to be shared. So yeah. Br- breaking Baking bread. There you is, go. Is baking bread and okay. Are we talking about like because God created everything? He also Let's created start, yeah. electricity. <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. God created <laughs> the tools that we can use for uh-huh. this. So we're talking about God's creation, basically, but with bread. But I guess yeah. with everything, I, we're talking about God's uh, yeah. creation, right? All right. All right. except evil. Yeah. So you want us to talk? Say what the class is about. Please, is this a new? Is this but a new? You have class? to start with creation. It has to be with God's creation. Okay. As in the, the beginning, there was the bread. Everywhere. There was the word. That's right. Yes. So it's on the psychology and philosophy of virtue formation, and the tradition has it that growing in virtue is like growing in a skill, and so we have the idea to teach a skill as we learned about virtue formation. So the skill we chose was baking sourdough bread, um, because it's beautiful and wonderful, but it's also easy enough to do adequately well to have good bread that you can learn it pretty quick, but it's a real skill that to do it well um, with regularity and really understanding it takes, it's a real expertise. Mm. And so we're going to teach the students how to make the bread as we read all this great stuff on virtue, on expertise, on habits, and reflect on the readings as we bake the bread and then in the evenings break the bread. Oh, wow. That is the coolest yet the most, my mind is like... All over here because I'm All thinking, okay, we're, we're learning a class, but like, we're also in culinary school while we're learning <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. So yeah. like, <clears throat> we're getting a real skill out of it, so out of a did, philosophy class. Yeah. You two, Dr. Dom, Dr. Brenninger, you guys obviously have teach different subjects. Correct. Dr. Yeah. Brenninger, your psychology, Dr. Dom, your philosophy. What kind of brought the idea together, especially like you two guys to teach this class? Where did the... Did psychology and philosophy have like uh, an influence in this or wh- where did the idea come from? And especially for you guys to work together. Yeah. So it's <clears throat> a good question. I think part of it was um, in the philosophical and theological literature, when they talk about virtue, you know, the idea is how do you, how do you grow in courage? We'll be courageous. You know, how do you grow in generosity? We'll do generous acts, right? Repetition. But it seemed to me that there were a lot of um, there's a psychological dimension to this. There were there were thoughts and feelings and intentions and goals that had to be in place in order to fill out a, a really robust or full picture of what it looks like to live a virtuous life. Um, and so you don't always hear those dimensions of virtue talked about. And so Dom and I would talk about this sort of thing and think it through and <clears throat> just sort of on a surface level, but sort of considering it he would sort of talk about the philosophical dimensions of what Aquinas, you know, would say virtue is a, is a habitus. And I would ask a bunch of questions about it and he would sort of respond. And then I would say, Oh, that's neat. That's sort of, 
I wonder if the psych literature in this area has something to say about that. And so as we were talking about it, we thought this would be a really neat class to get people together and to read these things in light of one another to get a fuller picture of what virtue is, the, what these good habits that help us live well are. And then we thought to ourselves, well, how can we do this? Well, you know, Dr. Don mentioned Aristotle and growth in a skill. If we give students a skill to practice, it gives them a framework to better reflect upon these readings. And then we thought, well, where could we do this? Where, where would we want to do a class like this? Well, we'd want to do it in a beautiful monastery nestled in the Austrian Alps. Um, for, for partly selfish reasons, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also because there's, a, I think, a natural rhythm. From what we understand, there's a natural rhythm and, and sort of slowness to life on the Gaumann campus that's really conducive to this type of reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think we, uh, maybe we don't have as much on the Subinville campus, but there, there's an opportunity there to slow things down, um, to be immersed in beauty, to find really intentional community with one another as we grow in knowledge and habit um, together. So I think it started off from fun conversations, us just picking each other's brain about things we're naturally interested in and things that matter. I mean, we're both young dads, um, and the question is how to be a good dad and, and all the ways we fail and all the flaws we have. And um, I should say all the flaws he has, and I would sort of give him help in those areas. But we'd be talking about virtue and good habits and, and looking at them from both a philosophical and psychological perspective. And so this was a natural interest for us that, that we thought would be interesting to bring students into. Hmm. It's such a unique, like the, the bread aspect is really cool. Cause it's like learning how to do a skill, but integrating that into these worlds, yeah. how like something I'm interested in, I don't know too much philosophy, but I'm always, I always love learning, hearing about it and learning about it from people. How much, just like in general terms, how much psychology is there in philosophy or how much philosophy is there in psychology? It's a tough question. Um, I think it depends on what philosophy you're reading. So if you're reading, um, and it depends on how largely, you, how widely you construe philosophy. So I teach a course on the deadly vices, which Alex took. I um, and the, there is a lot of psychology in that literature because what they're trying to do is understand um, how these vices work interiorly and how we fight them interiorly. And that involves this kind of psychological analysis. Um, in Aristotle and Plato, in the Stoics, in the Medievals, there is a lot of psychology um, less so in some of the moderns, um, I would say, but then in people like Kierkegaard, again, there's a lot of psychology and it's not um, the same mode of consideration always, but it's trying to understand a lot of the same things to answer the same questions. Uh, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what you think about this, Brandon, but so I, I sort of think of like, they both um, penetrate each other pretty substantially. Kind of like feed off each other. Yeah. Um my thought is something like in psychology, uh, you're sort of always, psychology needs to be grounded philosophically. Um, it needs it needs to have a recourse to something that allows it to ask questions, um, to, to question its principles, to question its methods. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where philosophy is really helpful in questioning the methods and principles of, and, and the hidden assumptions of psychology. And so I think good psychology 
should have a sort of philosophical bent to it. It should be like self-reflective and questioning its own assumptions. Um, but equally, I think philosophy, anytime you're, I guess if we're thinking about philosophy as like the pursuit of wisdom, something like that, then that pursuit is taking place within the human person. And, and it's taking place within a creature that has motivations and feelings and diverse goals and um, wounds. And, right? so, so even that pursuit happens in a psychological framework, right? It, it can't just happen. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It doesn't, it's not happening in a computer or in a robot. It's happening in a person. And so I think there's always sort of a psychological dimension to philosophy Right. Um, like an embodied it, part of it, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Right, and it's cool right. that you guys are coming at it from both angles with baking bread. Cause it's just like, like you were saying earlier, like, Oh, baking bread. Why, why, you know, do that? But it's, it's so real. And it's so like alive. Uh, the, the bread making, Oh, by the way, <laughs> shout out. My, my <laughs> wife gone. just FaceTimed us. We're now nice uh, <laughs> on the Kellen and Alex show. <laughs> on the Kellen, I'm on a podcast right now, babe. A wonderful live podcast. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> So I should let you go. <laughs> I love you. I'll call you right back. <laughs> it's not an emergency. We're, nice. re we're renovating our, our house. And so periodically I get FaceTime updates with. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a substantial oven to bake your bread? We are going to. Going Actually, to. Got it. There's a, real, there's a real psychology to how to lay a kitchen out. Actually, hmm, true story. Cool. You know, um, oh gosh. Uh, your man who wrote the book, uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. Uh, whoever shoot. that's about. I know. Yeah. Wrote the book. Shoot. Uh, it was originally a yeah. book. Yeah. Let's find out who that. So his wife was one of the first industrial organizational psychologists. So she was really interested in processes and, and he was as well, sort of processes and procedures and how to make things more efficient. But I'm pretty sure his wife came up with what they call, I don't know, the kitchen triangle or something, which oh. is, <laughs> which is like the ratio or distance that you're supposed to have between your sink your refrigerator and your oven. There's like a, there's a ratio. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, the, yeah, there's this like I a, think, ideal arrangement. I th yeah. I them. know what he's talking about. So, uh, in the movie, have you seen the movie, the founder McDonald's? No. Okay. So yeah, I've seen it. Okay. So in that movie, I, I think this might be similar. I'm not sure, but in, in the movie they have just based off of efficiency, they have literally yeah. how many people, how many steps you should take from here to here to here to be the most efficient, like literally mm -hmm. in the kitchen, they have footsteps saying, okay, we're going to be how efficient we <laughs> yeah. can be like on the based ground, on distances. based on distance, yeah. you do this, you do this in your normal routine. It's, so part it's of the class cool. has to be the unique distance for baking bread in the kitchen <laughs> yeah. between no, sinks, but it's based off of efficiency, right? That yeah. Stuff. Yeah, that's no, why totally. McDonald's came. So the biggest of them all is because at the very core, they mm -hmm. learn how to utilize efficiency. Yeah. In and their then kitchen. they made us stop making our own food. And now we just buy, you know, made <clears throat> which food. is a real psych who, I mean, think about it. Yeah. Who would think about something like that? No, th there's all sorts a of things. Brilliant mind with fast food. There's, there's a, a psychology to the colors they use. So McDonald's in particular, apparently they found out that red and yellow, um, help induce people to eat more quickly. So the idea with oh, fast what? food is you don't want people wow. sitting too long. Right. Yeah. Um, otherwise you limit how many people can be present in your restaurant. So the music they play, more up tempo, the colors they use. They made their patties meat colored when they didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> they stamped their McRib with ribs. Yeah. Which makes you think there's actually <laughs> pork in it. Um, totally. Yeah. Anyway, there's all sorts of, um, and their fries have like sugar in them, which is supposed to give you a quick release, like a quick hit of sugar. 
that like immediately good. reward you. Right. So yeah. Yeah. This is like yeah. opposite of baking your own bread. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it takes tons of time. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you gotta yeah. put it in your fridge for a while and yeah, take it yeah, out, yeah, let yeah. it rise, all this type of stuff. That's right. Uh, yeah. In like our culture, you know, more and more it's, you get to go food, you get Uber eats, you do whatever else. Um, this is kind of turning it back. Like, no, make your own bread. Yeah. Well, COVID actually had a, there was a huge turn towards people baking their own bread. Right. Uh, yeast was sold out of tons of grocery stores for a long time because oh, wow. people were actually home mm-hmm. and they couldn't go out to get their food. And so they started making their own food. Baking bread at home is, to is, earlier times. it's awesome. Look, my dad used to make, well, I think he does periodically, but this, he just, he knows how to cook or just to bake bread. And it's like, if you know how to do it, it's an art, man. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like everything in the procedure, like getting it ready, all the dough and everything. It's just like, it can be so good if you do it right. All right. Yeah. Take us through it. Step by step. The, the very, maybe, maybe from a very mm-hmm. simple, uh, way of how you go about it. Not all the nitty yeah. uh, details, but all right. So we're oh, talking about sourdough bread. Yes. Yeah, so sourdough. this is naturally leavened bread. You're not buying yeast. You are finding yeast. And so the first thing you need to do is make your starter. And you make your starter, which is this um, living goo. Um, <laughs> that is, it's living because there's bacteria and yeast mm-hmm. living in the symbiotic relationship in there. Mm-hmm. And the way you find it is you take some flour and water and mix it with your bare hands because there's living things on your hands that get into the flour and water. And then you set it outside for a few days or in your kitchen, but outside you get the sort of natural the air and the yeast in the air, the yeast that were in the flour um, come to life. And that's how you get a starter. You just leave it out. And that's going to oh, serve wow. as the base. That's going to serve as, as this is so foreign, yeah. but it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually, I mean, so there's some deep, so when you start baking bread like this, um, some of the biblical references come to life too. When you, when you think about leaven being called to be leaven, um, when you have a starter and you add your starter to flour. So, so after you have a starter, right, it's this living thing. That's what you're going to use to leaven your bread, naturally leaven your bread. So you take water, flour, you mix those together, and then you let them usually sit for a little while. It's a process called autolyzing. And then you add your starter. And to watch the starter begin to allow the bread to, to rise, to proof. It starts to come to light. You see this bread bubble up and it starts to rise in the bowl. And it really brings some of these biblical metaphors to life a little mm. bit. But Yeah, it's in the Gospels too, right? Um, what is it? Uh, oh, now I'm missing it. Christ talks about leaven, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that it gets all through the house or something like right. that. Um, okay, I've heard of something. Yeast poisoning. Can you get yeast poisoning from baking bread possibly? Or is there some? I've never heard, I've never okay. heard of it. But never I'm heard scared. of it. Okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I heard something about <laughs> like probably I mean, if you make make like your own beer and you mess it uh, up somehow because yeah. you use I think you use yeast in beer. Yeah, is that something like that. Is that yeah. just called you alcohol poisoning? Yeah. Or maybe it's, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, too. Yeah, it's weird. You drink all this beer and, <laughs> and then feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Must beer. be the yeast. <laughs> must be the yeast. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, but I, I wanted to make sure before, you know, if I was going to start baking my own bread, if there's some type of poisoning thing. I don't there's anything you have to worry about there. Cool. I will say a lot of people name their their sourdough starter too. So once you have this starter, you, you keep it alive, right? So if you don't feed it, it needs to eat. The the yeast and bacteria need to eat. And so you need to feed it periodically. You you take it, you discard some of it, you get rid of it, and you add more flour for the living organisms to feed on in there. And so, be, I mean, it's like a, it's like a, 
any other thing you need to keep alive. You have to feed it, sort of nurture, keep it in the right temperature. So a lot of people name their sourdough. Ours is Samantha. And we add an M for each time we have to reboot her by adding fresh uh, starter from that we've discovered in the world. How many M's are in there? Three. There are three. Samantha. (laughs) Samantha. (laughs) Mine's Nancy. We named ours Nancy. So this class, okay, so we have baking bread and all this. So where is this class being conducted then? In our, at our, at Franciscan's Gaming campus. On, at Gaming, okay. Yeah. And then at the end, so we're in Gaming for two weeks, baking bread every day. Not in a tea kitchen, right? No, we're, we'll have the men's. <laughs> they, they actually yeah. have some really nice big bread ovens that we'll be able to oh, awesome. bake it's in. Be amazing. We, I went in there once. We we studied uh, in fall 2018. Yeah, fall 2018. And uh, they let us into, they let me in the kitchen one time, and it's beautiful. It's I can't awesome wait. setup. Yeah. The ovens are well kept and everything is just really, really nice. So that should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then for the they last... could have baked bread for us. <laughs> <laughs> in the last four days we spent in Paris eating the best bread in the world together. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Paris. Wow. So Gaming and then Paris. That's yeah. quite a three weeks total. Uh, it's like two and a half weeks. Two and a half. Yeah. Just over awesome. two. Yeah. And it's got a, re- it's got a real rhythm to it. So the, the kind of course is structured so that we wake up, we start making the bread <clears throat> because baking bread is sort of an all day process. So we wake up, we start baking the bread. We have our class time and discussion, and then the students have to come back every half hour or so and fold the bread. You sort of gently stretch and fold sourdough bread. We don't, we don't need it. Lots of times you'll need it for a long time. We mm-hmm. don't do that. We do gentle folds over the course of the next four hours after four you mix hours. or so. And, and during that time, we're going to invite them to, spend time reflecting on different topics and questions. But I think at least for me, as, as we've been talking this stuff through more, I think a big part of uh, growth in virtue is like intentional reflection and deliberate practice. I mean, these are the two things that stand out to me are, are that you don't sort of grow in virtue accidentally. You really have to stop and sit and think and reflect upon sort of what your natural tendencies are what you could do better, how you want to act, how you can structure your environment to help you act more in in line with how you want to act. It takes, I think, a lot of reflection to actually grow in virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it takes practice. And so one thing we're trying to build into this day in Gaming is reflection and um, opportunities for practice. Both about the bread making and then about our own general activity. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll have time as the bread rises. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So is it going to be focused on sourdough completely? That's just the, okay. yep, the cool. a French country loaf. <clears throat> French country loaf. Making. Yeah. Nice. I went, when I was in Paris, went to a boulangerie and um, had a baguette and a croissant. And it was like, the croissant had, I don't know how much butter in it. It was like super butter. <laughs> exactly. Right but like, it's a complete yeah. art in yeah. Paris. Like, and, and they have, uh, to be like an official boulangerie, like you have to have like, Paris certified, yeah. like they take their baking extremely seriously. I wish we had more of a culture of that here, you know, like, like baking as a culture where you just go to Kroger and it's like mass produced breads and all yeah, sorts yeah. of stuff. But like breads are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I will be the first to say done right. Yeah. It's done definitely right, yeah. a big, it's a big, uh, a skill and it's just awesome. Like to go to Europe and go to these little bakeries and just see these guys get here at like four in the morning. <clears throat> they're all day. They're just baking. I mean, that's a hard life, yeah. but the Parisians get like three baguettes a day yeah. or something crazy like that. You know, yeah. you know, it's, it's a hard life, but um, yeah, it's just, so how long have you two guys known each other? We met like our second year at Baylor. 
So like oh, eight so or nine years. Dr. B, you oh, went to wow. Baylor as well? I went to Baylor, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So many yeah. Baylor people here. A lot yeah. of Baylor people. I, w- I was curious, like, what... What prompted you to, because I didn't know how long you guys, but this is starting to make more sense now since you know each other longer. So I was like, what prompted these two professors to join and do this class? Mm. So so I study virtue a lot and then in skill because of that. And then I played racquetball with Matt and realized he really needed to learn both virtue and skill. (laughs) He's really good at racquetball. Dr. B is very, very good at racquetball. Really? Why do you think that? (laughs) Because Paul has lost many a times. I don't know how. Yeah. Just like just totally different conversation. Sure. Like in your view, like, like, let's say it's the NBA. Yeah. And like one team's probably better than the other one, but one of them really brings it all together and wins the NBA championship. That would be the best team overall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say LA right now. Yeah. Lakers. Sure. Yeah. Let's say they win. Mm-hmm. They're the best team, right? Okay. Because. I beat Matt in the I'm championship. Like, oh, 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 Doctor Brennan just dying over here. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm literally dying. It's like imagine, um, imagine LeBron James played for the the 76ers, right? Okay. It's like he's clearly the better player, but his team <laughs> is terrible, right? Okay. So we had this thing going on at Baylor where we started playing racquetball. Team, team racquetball. It was team racquetball. Awesome. Two on two. It's so yeah. much fun. Two on two is fun. Two, yeah. But I, you fit that many people. That, that's a, there's a lot of crashing. Lot of, <laughs> that's part of why it's fun. I, yeah. It's great yeah. fun, actually. <laughs> Running into people um, all the time. But you, but I, God bless him. I had this guy on my team who's um, PhD in English literature. He just joined the, the Jesuits. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's Scottish. He's Scottish. Yeah. He's a, he's sort of like a, he's like a, an artistic, poetic, intellectual. Not now. <laughs> so I will say to Dom's credit, to, to Dr. Dom's credit, he learned, he picked racquetball up quickly. And so early on, like me having played before was enough that I could sort of make up for my, like their inexperience and my partner's inexperience. And we won a lot early on. And then about halfway through the time we played, his team started. You guys still oh, usually man. won. We usually, usually won. won. We would win every now and then. But then we, we did but a when final. when it counted. We did a final yeah. game some that was us, like ooh, for championship. Some of us folded under the pressure and others <laughs> rose to the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all about the championship game. Yeah, exactly. no, that's right. Thank that's you. Right. Yeah. No, that's uh, right. I will say. Win the whole season. I but. often, I oftentimes I offer in my classes, I'll, this is how I played your brother. I, in a, any class I teach, I offer um, the students an opportunity that if anyone in the class can beat me, I'll give extra credit on the final exam. Oh, oh what the heck? Some high stakes. And so your brother, Paul was like, I'll do it. And I was <laughs> nice. like, okay. It's like anyone can do it or the, t- the class, like there's like a class representative. Anyone in the class. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. The class can put forward okay. any person. And if that Wait, person all the wins, class gets extra credit or the, the whole, the whole class wow, gets extra okay. credit. If that one person who the class puts up agrees to beats me. In one game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I've yet to have anyone score more than four points. Oh, crap. Put it that way. That's awesome. Put it that you way. You got to go easy uh, on him, man. <laughs> you're the teacher <laughs> here. The you're the professor. <laughs> you're killing him the with exact, stuff. And they, they're like going to kill you even more in racquetball. Do you know what the problem is? These, these, I think these young guys, it's mostly guys who step up. And these guys just look at me and they think, oh, he's... <laughs> He's like, he's older, he's soft. He's like, yeah. college yeah. professor. And I just, take him on. I just, just wreck, wreck I'm sure you start the mental warfare immediately. The, the mental warfare begins yeah. immediately. This is why I teach Whoever psychology. gets put forward, I just look at and I think, I just say, I will say in class, I'll say like, look, you, like you're not going to score more than two points. <laughs> 
And the, how many did Paul score? He I scored zero. Oh, yes. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Paul was twenty. I'm pretty sure Paul was twenty-one. Nothing. I'm pretty sure. Oh, we can verify that with him. But what makes you so good? Are you really light on your feet. You know, you use that like no. You no, use that Kevin, doctorate level no. skill, right? And you just like move around. The key to racquetball is to not follow the ball. It's <laughs> to know where the ball's going to be. There you go. Oh, yeah. okay. It's to know, know where the ball's, know where the ball's going. Predicting and to, it. And to put your opponent where you want them to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. And so low shots in the corner. That's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's hard to do. Yeah. Especially but some of the it. best racquetball players are these like 250 pound, 300 pound guys that are just, they're, they're not athletic. They don't have to move. They don't have to move. Yeah. That's the key. Hmm. Are they just like really accurate with their shots? Really accurate. Okay. Know where the ball's going. Know where they want to put the ball. You said they're really big guys too? Big like, guys. Big guys. For more strength, I guess? I, don't I know. mean, they, a lot of these guys can crack the ball pretty hard, but you don't have to. I mean, that's the nice thing about racquetballs. Yeah. Maybe somebody... Well, maybe the extra credit should not be beat, but maybe score more than five points or something. No. <laughs> beat would be... We're uh, after excellence here. We're, after, <laughs> yeah, we're, after, we're yeah, talking about virtue. Exactly. We're talking about excellence. Right. Why would I reward... A lukewarm performance, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, we gonna, do we have a racquetball club? We have on I campus. Don't I don't know no. if they're because of COVID. Every time I go, I think they, everything shut down. Of, they, yeah. they, I don't know what they it never is. have racquetball. Why don't or they resupply their rackets? rackets? I know. They never do. It's not very expensive. It's not I mean, like that expensive because they're money chippers. That's why. Come yeah, on. they can spend ten grand <coughs> on a rock spend ten wall. grand on. <laughs> on a I have to I rock climbing wall, and then like, oh, we're just gonna. Not allow any of our professors or students to have adequate rackets. I bring my own racket. Yeah, go. I mean that's what part you got intimidation. Exactly. You wear like you wear like a headband too, just like the high socks we, and everything. We do wear headbands when we played. Like the high socks and everything in the gym shorts and like Oh, do you guys still play? Each other? No. no. Oh. Now you retired after the win. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> go out on yeah. top. Never yeah. go out on top. <laughs> yeah. It's too public in the in the Agreed. gym. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a, a big, there's a lot. Yeah. Too public. You mean yeah, everyone uh, can see you playing? Oh. I don't make an event. You know? No. It's Guys not, challenge each other. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to give your students reason to not respect you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the and, fun. Baylor's so big. Yeah. It's like big enough that when if there's people, nobody pays attention to who's yeah. on water oh, where. Nice. But Franciscan's so small that <clears throat> people like, are like waiting outside yeah. for the next. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. appointments and everything. I'm just like, dude, yeah. I'll go in there and who is it? There's just none or sister that plays do you know who that is no racquetball yeah she plays racquetball she's really she one of the too. the um franciscan sisters i think so yeah she wrecks everybody she that's plays awesome. <laughs> that's that great awesome. <laughs> another one of those skills that uh you know like baking bread another yeah, yeah. skill you can become excellent at yeah. virtuous yeah, at. Yeah. And a lot of people are like why would i ever you know pick up baking bread or racquetball or whatever but there's like there's a uh yeah a beauty and a, a good inherent in it bring some philosophy into it in actually just building a skill. Even if you could go buy your bread at Kroger every day and it may taste a little bit better. It's, you know, from the time to reward ratio, maybe you could argue like, Oh yeah. But a lot of people will just be like, why would I do that? It's not worth my time. You know? Yeah. It does take a lot of time and it's very messy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's wonderful. Got to get your hands. It slows you down. We had a meeting yesterday for the course. We had all this pre-sliced bread packed into bags. We could hand it out without violating COVID. Okay. Um, but we didn't give it all away. And so we had uh, um, French toast with it this morning. So it was a little bit dry from being in the bags. And That's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it was beautiful. We'll do so. Sometimes we'll do like a, like a 
rather than doing a round loaf, we'll, we'll put it in a bread pan mm-hmm. and we'll do sort of sandwich loaves and the kids just demolish yeah. it. <laughs> they love it. Have you experimented with other breads besides uh, sourdough? I've made other breads before, but since we've been doing this, this is all we've been doing because I, neither of us really baked sourdough bread before mm-hmm. we had the idea for this. Mm-hmm. And so we actually had to learn it. Um, so it's been really fun, but it was all we could do. And you do get to a point where you, you start to get pretty good, consistent loaves. Yeah. Um, and so you can start to feel like, okay, I got this right. But mm. <clears throat> at least I feel like I'm at the point now where I can bake a, an edible loaf. I have, it's consistent, but now there's, I have this like deep realization that there's so much deeper that you could go with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's really now perfecting the types of air bubbles and how big they are and how even they are and uh, making sure the crust is right. I mean, there, there's, you can play with the flavors now, the longer you let it uh, yeah, proof. Different, different right. flowers. Yeah. There's, mm. there's a lot to be done once you get sort of a basic mastery. Um or basic competence, I should say. There's, there's a lot more to master. Um, I've had it twice now, though, where I thought I've had that, and then something change, changes. Once was the weather when it started yeah. getting cold, and that means everything goes more slowly, and you have to plan differently. Hmm. So I had to kind of relearn it with cooler <clears throat> weather. And then last summer, this past summer, at the beginning of the summer, so I've been baking for a year at this point, um, something happened to my starter, and I thought and just it wasn't working, and I couldn't get it to work. And so I had to like, relearn um, how to treat a starter. And that's changed everything again. So even when you think you've known it, you think you know how to do it, you, something changes and you have to learn a whole nother side of it uh, at a deeper level. But that's great, right? Because it, it's sort of analogous to to certain virtues where, right? Virtue, you don't just sort of act the same way all the time. A virtue sort of looks different depending on your context. And you have to take these sort of contextual variables, situational variables into account. And so there's something analogous to this in baking bread where you're paying attention to the weather, the temperature what types of flowers you're using what, mm. and that changes how the process unfolds and how you adapt to the process. And so yeah. is there, is there a season that's easiest to cook or to bake bread in? Would you say baseball yeah. season? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> fall? Uh, fall and spring probably where it's not too hot or too cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it's in the mid to upper seventies or low eighties, that's, that's really nice. Um, you don't have to have your air conditioner on, so it's not weirdly cold mm-hmm. in your house, but it's not so hot outside. You can't sit outside. I think those, that's probably the ideal space. Seems right. You say baseball season? <laughs> By the way, we're, we're on World Series, which I'm really excited about. Yep, but yep. Dr. Plato is super excited about. Yeah. He, he beat our team. I'm Padres fan. Uh, but Plato, too, was uh, he's into baking bread as yeah, well. Yeah, he right? was into it before us, so we um, asked him a lot of questions yeah. as we were learning. I learned he, a lot from him. Yeah, he's quite a, a bit. He showed me the book, like the, the bread Bible the or something book. like that. Oh, yeah. He, so the book we started with is called Tartine. Tartine, okay. And it's uh, this. It's from the Tartine Bakery in San Francisco. And what they did is they did a lot of research um, on just how to bake really great bread. But then they, once they could do it as a bakery, they tried to figure out how to do it uh, for home cooks because it's you don't have professional bread ovens. You don't have a giant um, fire uh, brick oven. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is they use a cast iron to mimic some of those conditions. And they had, they sent a basic recipe with out to a bunch of people they knew and had them practice things, to learn how to do it. And so the book is the product of that. And it's really a helpful book to learn on. Hmm. So that was what Alex recommended to us. Um, and we learned, but then we also asked him a lot of questions. Right. Yeah. He was in it before both of you guys yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, baking yeah. bread. Yeah, absolutely. And he got into it just 
From the book, I, think, I don't know. Or? I don't actually know the story of how we started baking. I have no now we have clue. a bread community here in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, and there's a bunch of other people who are really good bakers in Steubenville too. Yeah. Oh, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, Maybe a shop, you know, a bakery. Yeah, yeah. in oh, the but, future. But once Just you, sourdough. once you, oh, I'll, I'll buy it. But, but ramping up production from two to four loaves to anything that would be worthwhile to sell is just it's a completely different oh, process because yeah. yeah. you can bake yeah. one at a time in your in your home oven right and it takes 35 40 minutes and then you have to let it come back to full temp and then it's just it's so slow so when i bake four loaves it takes a big part of the day and the ones in austria they have like real legit they have big bread professional ones. Ones. so we'll be able to yeah. bake 15 to 30 loves at a time yeah, in yeah, one yeah. Oven. oh that's awesome yeah, yeah so Dang. yeah it'll yeah. be awesome it's going to be, be great. really and, big. And they have these beautiful, clear windows, so we'll be able to watch the whole time. Yeah. Oh, no way. Can. Yeah. And they're steam injected. So, yeah. <clears throat> a big part of sourdough is sourdoughs usually have like a really nice crust on them, but in order to let them rise first to actually get some height on them, you want a lot of steam so that the, the outer surface stays soft enough to allow the bread to expand before mm. it hardens off. And so, the, the cast iron that Dr. Dom was talking about traps in steam. That so the bread it is releasing. Yeah, that the bread so it allows it to to expand and then you take the lid off and then it, it can sort of harden off. But some some ovens have sort of naturally injected steam oh, or, that's or cool. steam that's sort of injected by the oven itself. And so the bread ovens in Austria, I'm pretty yeah. sure, have this that's pretty fancy. Moist, it's super <laughs> fancy. They're, very nice They're really yeah. nice. Super excited. But it's gonna be a learning. We're gonna have to learn how to bake on those. I mean there's yeah, yeah. use those. Yeah. yeah, with new yeast, new flour, new ovens. So yeah. We're going to have to pretend like we know how to do that because <laughs> yeah. we're not going to get there early enough to actually learn how to do it there yep. beforehand. Oh, wow. You guys will be so, arriving in the students. And then the students the same basically, yeah. at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So we will need somebody actually, well, maybe we'll have uh, Dr. McNamara um, get a starter going for it. We'll have to have Thank somebody you. get a starter going so for it. Some flour and water inside outside. Yeah. So how is the um, sign up for that class going to be? Like how many students are going to be in it and are it's next, is it it's next semester? May, yeah. This coming May. Okay, so this coming May. So how many students will, do you know? A max of 20. Max of 20. Max of 20. Yeah. Is that, do you think that's going to be like, people are going to see it and right away it's going to fill up? It must be, right? Because we haven't yeah. really had anything like that before. <laughs> I will say that, um, so we, we had the opportunity <clears throat> to try to run this last May and we had the same sort of number of spots and it filled up really quickly. Nice. Um, we had a wait list. We had a wait list. Yeah. Oh wow. Un- yeah. Unfortunately, because of COVID, it got canceled. But um, I think, I mean, we have we have a decent number now that have at least verbally committed. Yeah. I, think, I think we have th- fourteen or fifteen verbally committed to wanting to go, depending on what the particulars end up being. Yeah. With another five to ten people interested, depending on it. Yeah. So we might have enough already, but yeah. we're still doing a little recruiting. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> already yeah. that many people. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's just going to be like, uh, yeah, how open stuff is. Is there travel to Europe and back? Is that open now? I think it depends on where you're going from where. It depends, okay. yeah. I don't think. Country. I don't think every place is open, obviously. I don't think China's open. I don't know if we can travel to China, right? <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not interested. I don't think anybody is, but. A buddy of mine was just here from England and got back, but they just um, closed things down more tightly in certain parts too. So, um he had to quarantine for a while. Other friends who just went back, I think, have to quarantine for 14 days on arrival. Hmm. Uh, so I think you can, but it, it's pretty difficult. It's going to be interesting how travel is going to be. Uh, well, you guys will get to see it in, you know, going to Europe in May. Yeah. But how travel will be after, um, what it'll look like, tourism industry and stuff. You'll yeah. be in Paris for for some time, but mostly in Gaming, right? Mostly in Gaming, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. 
so I guess, yeah, we may have, we'll see how that works out if travel's restricted by the time we get there. And, um, but that's the hope. That's the plan. The whole year, Matt has been pushing really hard for us to go to Germany and see a pretzel man. Listen, there's a, <laughs> uh, a man, and by that, I mean a man who bakes pretzels. Uh, so he wants to drive the whole, he wants to have the whole class drive five hours through the mountains to see to have this some man, pretzels. This man has um, a, a bakery. He makes sourdough bread nice. for Michelin star restaurants and makes homemade sourdough pretzels. I mean, this is like, that this is just like how, beautiful. How many hours would you drive to have a sourdough pretzel? A hundred. <laughs> 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 Easily. Out of way, lad. Uh, <laughs> is it Southern Germany or is it even? I don't know. I, don't I have know. no clue. It's just five hours uh, yeah. from bombing. Yeah, uh, well, as part of the, the addendum to this podcast, we'll, I'll, I'll send you guys the article and you can give it to your listeners. Have you contacted? Uh, no, pretzel man. the issue is... <laughs> Although he he has apprentices from all over the world, people that want to come and learn under him. What the so the article I was reading, he had a he had an apprentice from Japan who was working with him and apprenticing with him. Um, I always get afraid calling these places one that they're not going to speak any English and that I'm. <laughs> is it in a small town? I, I believe it is. Yeah. So, okay. Well, do you speak German, Kellen? My name is Kellen. I don't know. So no. Yeah, ich liebe dich. I love you, doctor. Oh, thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> uh, that guy's got to be, that guy's, guy's, sold right that guy's got to be the, the pretzel man, but he's like the pretzel Ramsey of, of Europe. Oh yeah. Like Gordon Ramsey of, of the little town in, in Germany. I'm going to find his name right now for you guys. That makes yeah, me, we'll wanna, that makes me right want to go now. less because you you're just going to yell at us the entire time. <laughs> you, it's wrong. <laughs> the soup Wait, we should call him on air and see what, uh, see what we get. <laughs> Home, homemade sourdough pretzels. Yeah. Are pretzels normally... Sourdough pretzels or it's a, he's in a little town called Doc Spock. His name is Arnd Erbel. Arnd Erbel. Shout out. Shout out to you, Arnd Erbel. We're coming. (laughs) (laughs) He said, he said, the article says he sees himself more as bread's humble servant. And, (laughs) And I quote, and I quote, my being is here to help with sourdough. <laughs> Listen to that. Let's see how. Who do we see. want to learn under if other than really, yeah. If he's really the servant, have him come to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a liar. You sit on the throne of lies. Arned. <laughs> he can drive five hours. Yeah, that's right. Bread's humble so what servant. What the heck? Yeah. That, that's, that's a good tagline. That line. would be awesome. Think about it, taking a little school trip. Yeah. Through the mountains to get into Germany and actually going to this small town and seeing this guy's uh-huh. place where he cooks this, where he bakes this bread. The maestro, man. Like he yeah. knows. Pretzel maestro. Pretzel, yeah. pretzel maestro. <laughs> this article is just, it's so good. I may have misspoken. They might not be sour. They're just pretzels. He breaks a German style soft pretzel. Mm. It's not even sour. Listen to this. Mm. A, a baked good that originated in European monasteries in the Middle Ages. There's a mm. religious dimension to the pretzel. What the heck? Do you it's see like a Wow. It's a now, it has now become a pilgrimage. <laughs> yep. There's probably some email forward about which part, what each of the pretzel parts mean and why it's twisted that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the twist it's is twisted not the Trinity and the incarnation. And, yeah, the, the snap is the redemption, is the yeah. breaking of the bonds of sin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's soft like our will. Yeah. yeah, if there's not, oh. that's gonna be our that's oh, gonna be our lesson for the day. I love wow, it. pilgrimage to <clears throat> the servant of the bread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds very my religious. Being, yeah, my, my being, my being is here for sourdough. 
Any other uh, any other field trips besides that? <coughs> Paris, that the there is a bread factory uh, pretty close to Gamin that there's a chance we would go to. Uh, it just depends on what the time looks like. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, the, just lots of downtime is the other goal. Yeah. The reason for Paris, I mean, Dr. Dom sort of said this, but the reason for Paris is that <clears throat> some part of virtue um, is looking at exemplars. It's looking at examples of excellence. And so, you know, we, we might look to the saints, right, as these exemplars of virtue. Um, and you can learn a lot from looking at these, these good examples. And so one thing that we want to sort of um, introduce the students to is that, you know, watching these and looking at these French bakers, right, that they're exemplars, they're, they're excellent, they're masters at their craft, that there's something to be learned from putting yourself in proximity to exemplars. So, so Paris isn't just self-serving. There's a real pedagogical reason for going. Learning from the masters. Yeah. yeah. And this baking bread, it it really does lend itself to like be an apprentice, have a master, learn a skill. Like you're saying with the pretzel master, um, you guys want to be part of learning that skill, but, and that's kind of another one of those like forgotten arts is master apprentice relationship and not just economic. You're on a contract. I pay you money. Right. You do a job for me. Yep. You saw this in the, I mean, uh, Brandon knows the Desert Fathers better than I do, but I think there, there's a tradition even in the Desert Fathers of there'd sort of be one that was um, oftentimes the the sort of head and others, Abba. yeah, and the Abba and, and others would sort of put themselves around and oftentimes go and look and glean wisdom and learn habits and practice from that yeah. that person. And so there's, there's something akin in the orig- religious life to this master apprentice relationship. Hmm. Yeah, and doing it in a monastery. Like, they probably baked yeah, bread yeah, in that monastery sure. at some point in time, right? It's beautiful. The Carthusians. It's a great thought, isn't it? You're bringing it back. It's yeah, a great thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was, baking bread used to, you know, be a part of most people's lives. It was, right. yeah. yeah. It, it was, and, and, you know, you had bakers and stuff like that as well who specified uh, in it, like, cities and stuff. But, yeah, no, we no longer do that, no. most people. Dude, it's ultimate. It's really practical, too, man. I mean, d- d- one nice thing is even if you walked away and you learned nothing from this class intellectually and you didn't gain any of the habits that we're trying to, to instill <laughs> to have learned how to bake a loaf of bread, <laughs> yeah. to be able yeah. to at least bring to a marriage or to religious life, the ability to make a loaf of bread or to a date or to a date. Yeah. yeah. I'm for to real. a date. That's good. Act speaking. Let me tell you my favorite real quick, Dr. Plato story. So Dr. Plato got really into bed, bread baking, right? He's very good. So one day we were meeting for, it was a Friday night, it was about nine o'clock. We're meeting at Bennigan's, just like it was me, him, some other guy, just to hang out, talk, get appetizers. The other guy was not me. I was not invited to this hangout. <laughs> <laughs> you were invited. You chose to stay at home. Dr. That's Dom loves yeah. <laughs> um, So we're in the car. <clears throat> Plato gets in the car and he says, hey, I just baked this warm loaf of sourdough bread. I was like, oh, that's awesome, man but he, he brought it with him like wrapped in a towel and we're, we're about to go into Bennigan's and he said, I'll just bring this in. And I said, no, 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 you're not. You're absolutely not going to bring a loaf of bread into a restaurant because they have food in there. You don't bring food into a restaurant. So we had this conversation about like what's socially acceptable to do as a host at a restaurant. What would you think of someone bringing a loaf of bread in with them? Yeah, like, if somebody dude, brought a burrito in the atmosphere, Mexican. man, bring in some bread. <laughs> Well, listen, especially if you got a lot of amigos like yeah. stringing right there, like, ah, oh, bread. Yes. You know, like 
this just everybody would have a bring great time. Bring it in. <laughs> so we get it. So we go in. I talk him out of it. We go in. We're sitting there. Plato says to the, the waitress, he says, hey, um, I had this loaf of sourdough bread in the car, but my friend here said that it was like totally weird and socially unacceptable to bring it in. And she says, no, that would have been great. And he's like, do you want me to get it? I'll give you some. And she was like, absolutely. Nice. That's so awesome. ne- next thing you know, the loaf of bread sitting on the table. She brought us a knife. She brought us butter. And he's cut the sourdough bread and we're eating sourdough bread in Bennigan's. <laughs> That's awesome. With the way, giving, it, giving slices to the waitress. Just bizarre. Anyway. Bread, that sounds like bread. That's great. Yeah. Bread brings people together. It does. Yeah. That that's it's a great skill. By the way, the sourdough totally is fantastic. The, the stuff I've had, you've brought in yeah, some. Yeah. Plato has like yeah, it yeah. really no. tastes like nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> really good. There's something about it, you know, because people think of bread, they're like, ah, yeah, bread. But like, no, this is this sourdough. Or they think of sourdough they get at a store where it's like bad yeast bread that they've add some sour flavor to. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is Ooh. not like that. Yep. You can control. Yeah. You have like a fair amount of control over how sour yeah. your bread is. Yeah. In this process, that's that's. That's awesome. So like when you buy bread from the store, is it like, are you conscious? Like, uh, this stuff's really bad. Like I could have, I could have no, made it, my it, own. It's weird. So my kids call it normal bread instead of daddy normal bread. bread. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Instead of, instead, daddy of daddy bread. Bread. instead of daddy bread. And the, I mean the, the crust on sourdough bread does require a little more work. So sometimes they don't want that, mm-hmm. but it is, it's sweet. The, the way they make it, um, releases sugars in a way that sourdough bread does not. And it, it takes like a, a loaf of, bagged uh wheat bread tastes sweet yeah. um without anything on it and has it i mean it tastes less like food but more like candy <clears throat> that's so weird yeah. yeah yeah they put like is it corn syrup or sugars or something in the process or something I like think that it's a, pers- a lot of bread i think it's like an accelerating or like an accelerating agent to get the the rising to happen and happen in a certain way that uh releases something i don't Ooh, okay they don't have to actually add sugar to make it taste sweeter because these things release certain sugars because of the, the other things they've added. Interesting. Cause it is like carbohydrates and stuff related to sugars yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's all mass produced stuff. Yeah. Uh, is this part of another, like a trend for you guys towards, um, I don't know, more making stuff at home, organic things, or are, are you either of you into, into that, let's say side of eating, um, foods yeah. and stuff. I, I roast my own coffee and we make our own noodles. So we do some of it. My wife always has a a really big garden. So she loves to sort of grow a lot of our food. Actually, we both planted uh, winter wheat this year. So you, you, yeah, yeah, you, um, you sow winter wheat right, right before, I mean, in the fall and then you, you harvest it in the spring. So we're going to harvest our own wheat and use it to try to bake some bread. No way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's, I wouldn't say we're like, at least we're not, um, we're not sort of radical back to the land sort of kind no. of people, but it, yeah. um, no, we eat frozen pizza and macaroni and cheese too. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and mystery meat hot dogs. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a Nathan's famous guy, all beef. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think my wife definitely likes, um, sometimes she'll make her own soaps and lotions and a big garden. And wow. there's something about this that, that I think is, it can be nice. You know, mm-hmm. there's always a beauty behind, having your own garden and growing your own vegetables. Cause this is all the more, not just like the taste, but like the home feel yeah. we have a garden back home and it's fun. Cause like, yeah, it's not like the gardening's not like an easy thing. Gardening's hard work, but yeah. the reward behind it's really awesome. Sometimes we get like strawberries or zucchini or, you know, squash, sometimes watermelons, yeah. tomatoes, like yeah, yeah. tomatoes are really good. Like, um, Roma's or, 
cherry tomatoes are really good too. Yeah. It's just, it's a fun process. It's, it's hard, but like the reward is, you know, when you get to come home from a hard day of work and you go on the counter and you have like this big bowl of just tomatoes and you're just yeah. like, you know, but you're like, I grew that. I <laughs> grew that. That is well, mine. Well, at least you tend to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it, it makes you feel human, you know, yeah. when you have like your own garden or bake yeah. your own bread or something. Yeah. Cause I mean, for people who are, you know, working a white collar job or whatever and at a computer most of the time. And then you come home and like bake a loaf of a, like this living yeast thing that you threw together. It's yeah. like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm human. This is I'm part of reality, you know, <laughs> yeah. or you go out to your garden or something like that. Um, yeah. Makes you feel human, I guess. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. It makes for awesome Instagram pictures too. Yeah. 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 A bowl of cherry tomatoes yeah, on your counter. Account. <clears throat> oh, we have a Instagram account ingrained in gaming. Ingrained in gaming. I n g a i n e d in gaming. Yeah. I wonder if the pretzel master has an Instagram. <laughs> pretzel, <laughs> pretzel, maestro, pretzel maestro. Hashtag Does pretzel Instagram maestro. Serve bread? Because he might then. <laughs> hashtag pretzel, pretzel maestro. Humbles. Love the twist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so intrigued. I want to call this this guy so at least his, his his bread place. Well, you know what you can do is like if they have the same schedule, which you didn't have class on Friday. Maybe you could, like, when everybody's done with school, like, find a hotel nearby or something and take, have, like, like 20 or however, however many you guys have and just, like, take a bus there and then just stay there for the weekend. But, like, go to, like, maybe he could have this just night where he teaches you a lot of these different things about, like, the bread yeah. making and the, like, that would be cool just really to do, like, a bread humble servant and would serve bread by <laughs> serving trip. us. Uh, that might be worth oh doing. Oh my gosh. It's Erbel Brot is his, is his Instagram. E-R-B-E-L-B-R-O-T. We follow it on ours. I'm following right now. Great. Nice. I mean, how many followers does he have? Let me see. Oh yeah. Let's see if he's worth it. There's That's gotta be, point. there's gotta be a lot if he's like. Eight. Is he, oh, he only has 870 followers. But look at <laughs> Dr. Dom's like, eh, screw that. Yeah, never mind. Mind. Yeah. Gosh, we're almost halfway there, right? Um, <laughs> but I mean, look at that press. That is, oh my. I mean, yeah. it's just, the color in that and the design. Yeah, in that, in that non-sourdough pretzel. <laughs> I think it's not sourdough. I think yeah. it's right. I mean, he's just. Yeah. How about we try and make some sourdough pretzels before we make this decision and see how hard it is? He does just. <clears throat> He looks oh, like he looks like a man. I see why you like him. He doesn't have any hair. He's hairless. You can, he's, yeah, he's you can of, see the color in this. Yeah, he has this these sort of round spectacles that make him look like a true student of bread, a disciple, a disciple of bread, if you will. Whatever, whatever it is, a, ser- a servant. This was a humble servant, servant of bread. Humble servant of bread. With all my being, <laughs> I think that's what I'm gonna title this podcast: humble servant of bread. <laughs> humble servant of bread. <laughs> he only has 15 pictures on here. Actually, <laughs> really, it feels like maybe it was just started. He's world famous though. I, he is. What? I'm going to send you the article. Yeah, send that. There's one article about him. Yes, <laughs> one article. Yes, yeah. and he exists in the world. So, <laughs> yep. Let's take it back to God's creation, please. <laughs> like back other things, he was created by God, <laughs> as was bread and pretzels. <laughs> oh. oh man, glad you guys are doing this in gaming. Like that's going to make the feel yeah, so yeah. much better. That's, that's, that's it. Makes sense, call. right? Yeah. You guys yeah. make that call to do it in gaming. Yeah, or, we did. But now, obviously, you have to commit to a whole semester there. So, like, have yep. you guys? No, we're, we're just doing it. We're just doing a two week thing in May. Yeah. Oh, it's just a two week. Just yeah. two and a half week. Oh, so it's after graduation. Was a whole semester. Yeah. Got it. Actually, so you guys graduated, but it's open to any. I mean, yeah, if you right. guys wanted to go, you could go. 
Last last time we had three people who had already graduated sign up. Oh wow! Yeah, that people from other universities want to come. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I really think it's going to be a very very uh, impactful class personally for people, but I think it's also going to be a lot of fun and um, informative. I think it's going to hit sort of all the bases that you want a good class to hit. Mm. Like you learn, but you also are changed sort of deeply, and you also enjoy it. And Paris. And Paris. And Paris. Yeah. And Paris. And Paris. yeah, the fourth of the fourth keys to a good course. It's, uh, yeah. it's such a unique combination, though, of like learning virtue, practicing. Psychology. And psychology, philosophy, philosophy and bread. Bread. Gomming, reflecting. Yeah, it's such a, like you were saying, um, deliberate acts, but also intense like reflection. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like yeah. that's such an important, that can really be applied to anything. And I think a lot of the times what we miss in our in our daily just lives in the world, especially not, you know, doesn't have to be Catholics or anybody is that we kind of don't have, like we forget about daily reflection, like what we did in our day, what we could have done better, what things we think that we did good that we can try to build off of. What do we call that? What, what are we supposed to have in our day? You know, we're supposed to have an examination of conscience at the end of every day, right? Where we sit and we reflect upon what we did, what we could have done better, how we acted, you know, what, the ways we were we did well and why. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Where we fell short and why, um, I'm going to go home today and I'm going to probably fall into the same pattern. I do. I walk in, I set my bag down in a certain place. I tend to respond to the kids and my wife in a certain way. Like if I don't actually make a concerted effort to think about, am I doing and living and being the way I want to do live and be when I get home, I'll just sort of hit the same mark each time. But you were saying, I mean, to your point, Colin, that it, it's hundred percent true. We have to carve out time and space to be reflective and to think about, okay, what can I do differently? What, what behaviors do I want to implement that I'm not implementing? How would I go about doing that when I get home today? But that means I need time. And when I pack my day with stuff and then in my downtime, I hop on Facebook to scroll cause I'm bored and I, I don't give myself that time. I don't, I don't think a lot of us do. Yeah. Um, yeah, my dad at home, he's a family practice physician. Mm. And he told me one day, every day, you know, when I go from room to room, I always say, Lord, your will be done. It's beautiful. And just like having a kind of a, you know, a really stressful job like that where you have For people's sure. lives in your hands to like incorporate. Because I've always wondered, like my mom does the same thing too. They have their own office. I've always wondered like how my parents have been so like chill and relaxed and mm. been able to help the kids as, as much as they can talk to us all the time. Cause like with their job, it's really stressful and everything. And a lot of times they're gone most of the day. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, there's gotta be, there has to be something here, like a, a reflection or just deep prayer yeah. for them to be able to do all that for us, for the kids, talk to us whenever we're struggling, whenever we're going through hard times in our life, really rough times that we don't know where to go. Like for my parents to be at work all day doing that intense work and coming home and being yeah. able to help us. Yep. Like it comes to show you how important prayer is and how like not to be like arrogant or anything, but how much of an advantage we have as Catholics as to be like such deeply rooted in our faith and all these advantages and like um, weapons that we have to literally make a good conscience and to like come home and utilize all these things, these gifts that we've been given. Like it's life is hard. We're not, you know, we're not denying that, 
And, but I think the beauty is where you find how you can like take beauty out of those struggles, like each day. The faith does provide a lot of, um, I don't think, at least I don't utilize them as much as I should or could, but it, it certainly provides like an arsenal of uh, practices and habits and weapons and language for us to make sense of the world and to um, try to conform ourselves to the person of Christ. Um, but again, yeah, but it takes time. Like your dad, I love that he, it sort of reminds me of like Opus Dei, this sort of um, trying to find this, this excellence in your work, this, this holiness in your work to say that even in the three minutes or two, 30 seconds you have between patients to say, Lord, let your will be done here. I mean, that's, that's awesome because I mean, I could be saying that on the way to class and I don't, um, and so, yeah, I think you're right that we have all this this access in the Catholic Church to this rich tradition that we can utilize. But I think for me, part of this class <clears throat> is just these are habits and these are things I want to think about. They're habits that I want to appropriate and begin to practice. They're things I need. I mean, for sure. Um, I'm as much a student, I feel like, in this class as I am a teacher, to be honest. Which student helps the of class the go even I'm a student more. of yeah. the student of bread. Students of bread. Yeah, and that time aspect, you were, like taking that time like your your dad does and your mom to say, you know, Lord, your will be done and then go. I, I'm thinking about the in, in Gaming. I don't know if you uh, have been or never. Uh, there's <clears throat> outside the Mensa, they, do you remember this? this there's this painting of uh, dancing skeletons, mm-hmm. actually. And a clock, but like as the clock goes around, it like one, two, three, it goes around kind of normal. And then the the uh, the numbers get stretched towards the end. So it looks like it's kind of like going off into eternity and they're all kind of dancing. And uh, yeah, it's hearkening back to the Carthusians and, you know, memento mori yeah, for your yeah, death and all that stuff. Yeah. When you're baking bread and uh, taking that time, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to die at some point. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so much of today, you know, our modern world is just perpetual busyness yeah. or perpetual noise or whatever yeah. else. Distraction. Um, yeah, and like a real physical thing like, well, I have to wait for this bread to bake. I yes. have to wait for this. It's like you're going to come up with those prayerful moments, those reflective yeah. moments. Like yeah. they're going to be there. <laughs> What's that book? Um, there's a book that... Uh, Out of the House of Bread? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my friend Preston Yancey, who um, married... a grad student in philosophy or PhD from philosophy at Baylor. Um, he's an Anglican priest there, but he, he was a student at Baylor and he wrote his conversion from being Baptist to being Anglican and more, more traditional um, while he was there, but then or after he was at Baylor, but then he wrote this really beautiful book on, it's called out of the house of bread. And it's about spiritual, the spiritual disciplines related to bread baking. So he, it, it's very analogous to our That's course. Awesome. Actually, it's more theological than our course. Um, and it's less, uh, he's a better writer than us. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's really beautifully written, but he, um, he goes through different spiritual disciplines and relate, relates them to the bread baking process. So there's the practice when you're baking of mise in place where everything sort of has its place and you sort of take an accounting of everything before you even start cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, he likens that to the examination of conscience where you're wow. reflecting on your day and how everything was and its proper relationship to each other. Uh, and so he goes through things like that. Um, and it's also personal where it's his, 
his life of baking bread and how mm-hmm. he learned. Oh, super cool. Um, it's a great book. It's called Out of the House of Bread. Out of the House of Bread. Out of yeah. the House Maybe of Bread. Spon- this podcast is sponsored. Sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sponsored by the Pretzel Master. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, that busyness of today. I mean, even besides like baking bread, even uh, like one thing I uh, I got into making homemade ice cream when I was oh, cool. younger, like nice. sophomore year of high school, yeah, junior yeah. year. And uh, it's completely different than store-bought. You know, it's, it's just so much better. And you get to, you know, the cool thing. The cool part too of like being creative with yeah. how you know your final product comes out because you can do, tweak just certain things and get it completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they'll have the online recipes for ice cream or whatever, and maybe I'll put more sugar or less sugar. Um, my favorite one was a Nutella ice cream mm. I make. Sounds great. Uh, yeah, and I put like way too much vanilla extract every single time. I love <laughs> nice. vanilla extract. Um, <laughs> vanilla extract is good. Yeah, but there's like a the creative aspect of that. Yeah, of like, yeah, oh, I made that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's super cool too. A big part of that in bread is the scoring. So you have to slice the bread before you throw it in the oven because otherwise it'll it like it tears here and there as the mm. air releases. Distinctive. We don't. I've, we I've I figured mine it. out. Okay. Um, we but, play with it. Sometimes yeah. I'll do like a little, um, like a wheat a wheat um, stalk on it. I'll do a little stalk of wheat or. Um, you can sort of play. I mean, there are some amazingly yeah, fancy are. like this bread art with scoring, yeah. scoring art. Um, <clears throat> Mine tends to vary a little bit. But. So in terms of the class structure, so you're going to, like you said, every 30 minutes, is it? So it's a two week class. Mm-hmm. How many We're do you have class every, every day? Every day. Every okay. um, except Sunday. Except Sunday. Oh, wow. Got so it's it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yep. That's Dang. the other ones. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, and so how long, okay. So six days a week. And you have well six days for the first week, and then probably Monday through Friday the second week, and we'll travel on Saturday. Okay. So do you guys assign like readings? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have readings. I think we have a really we have a really nice um, <clears throat> we have a set of readings that take sort of a they cover a historical sort of approach to virtue. So we have some Aristotle in there, Saint Thomas. We've got stuff that's in philosophy, theology, and psychology. So we covered. Sort of cross discipline, cross his like historical period. There's a chapter from the book I was just talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really nice, it's cool blend of readings. But well, they're not, we, and they're uh, not like, burdensome either. They're relatively short because we want yep. we don't want it to we don't want it to feel busy. Yep. Because yeah, yep. I feel like a lot of the work that's trying to be done is in the kitchen. Yeah, like yeah. learning all these different things. We want the okay. stuff we're reading to inform the process uh, of the skill that we're, we're undertaking. We want the process of the skill that we're undertaking to inform the reading. So that means that the reading has to be manageable. Mm. I mean, the, the goal here isn't to have throw a ton of readings at students and have them not read them. Um, so we've, I think we've chosen really good readings that are really manageable in size. Yeah. So if I went and all of my loafs were terrible, yeah. would I fail the class? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Where's uh, no, Okay. You wouldn't. Mm-hmm. How's the great, especially if you could on reflect this. on if you could, if, if you could reflect on your you failures. Could, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you could reflect yeah. on the experience of like what you think might have contributed to it, why it might not have come out right. Maybe if you'd made the same mistake every time without <laughs> self understanding or or plans to not make the mistake again, <laughs> then maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. the grading? Yeah, how does the grading on yeah. this? What what is the because this is subject matter that you're creating. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, participation is going to be a huge part. Just yep. being there, having done the readings, being able to talk about them, being participating in the bread making. 
Um, there will be a kind of journal aspect to it um, as you reflect. Um, I don't remember. Be a final pa- I think we had a final paper. Yeah. There's definitely a final paper that maybe has more of an um, an academic bent to it, where you're bringing together some of the readings. No oh, cool. um, But I think I think a big part of it is is the participation, the the journaling, which you know will be sort of pass fail. We're not interested in. We just want to see substantive engagement yeah. mm-hmm. in these reflections, and then. Um, and then an academic paper at the end, yeah. I'm pretty sure. But that paper could be done. I think the way we have it is that paper can be done once people get home. Yeah. Um, you don't have to write your paper while in Paris. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Cool. Wow. That's like, it's like a, it's a very holistic course. You get your psychology, you get your philosophy, you get your baking bread, you so get that, your readings, that, yeah, your reflections. Yeah. It's kind of going on this like bread pilgrimage with <clears throat> 20 yeah. other kids and, yeah. and you guys. It's, it's a full package for Three weeks, yeah, something yeah. like that, and you get course credit, which yeah, is great. Yeah. Cross, so is cross listed, listed? yeah, okay. for for psych and for psych, philosophy. philosophy and theology for theology yeah, as well. Yeah. Yep. Cross listed? Does that mean it, it could be any count of them. for any? Of them. Oh, yeah. so you you get to you pick? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dang. All right. So how many credits is it? Three. three. Dang, that's good. But you're, that's I mean, awesome. Three credits for three weeks. Yeah, we're yeah. spending a lot of time together, right? Yeah. So it's it's. Mm-hmm. You are beholden to the course in some way. I mean, you're coming back every 30 minutes for four hours throughout the day. We're going to eat together a lot of nights. That's yeah, that's good. Where we're talking about eating our bread, talking eating our yeah. 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 <laughs> we're going to be eating the bread, talking about the bread, um, so and talking about the readings. So, so there is a real. It's going to be. Um, it's not a course you're auditing for two weeks and do right. a little bit here and there. It's yeah. it's your life for two and a half. It's your weeks. life for yeah. two and yeah. a half weeks. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. And the third McNamara. Is, has he started baking bread yet? Or no? He, so he's not officially in it. Oh, not officially. He, he was okay. going to be our uh, chaperone. Chaperone to Paris last year. So we'll see if, whether he's up for that. If we go this year, if he's around Interesting. there. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he's not going to be one of the teachers from no. the class. Got no. it. Okay. No, no, no. But he might have. Or he we was going to. Do we don't Paris. need someone out dressing us every day. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He is the, uh, he's so yeah. sharp. He shows yeah. up. The man. purple he pants, does. man. He shows up. Uh, yeah, they're great. <laughs> he was there in Austria while we were there, right? Yeah, he's been there. Was he teach? The he taught time, right? what metaphysics, right? Yeah. And then yeah, we were in that metaphysics class together. Yeah, that was when I was uh, <laughs> deep into kind of a materialist metaphysic, which was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a very interesting time in Austria. My philosophy went really far uh, in the wrong direction. <laughs> I hope I'm back. I don't know where yeah. I'm at, at this point. <laughs> but, you know what yeah. he used to do because we were in Franciscus on third floor at 303. So. In our room, what he would do is we had a really nice view of the back. And when it was Alex, what he would do is like he'd take his shoes off and he'd sit up on the windowsill. And he would like, because this is when he had his big beard. So he I would go beard, like this yeah. just now gone. and just like read Dostoevsky while looking outside. <laughs> <laughs> you were posing for a picture. It was, yes, yeah. Yeah. It was the best was. way to read. Yeah. It was the best way to read. Um, but Dostoevsky but, didn't make you go wrong. Nietzsche Metaphysically. As he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's funny? So I went to Berlin on my own. It was the only trip I went on my own. And <laughs> this is terrible Berlin's trip. not. I, I I'm sure Berlin's great, but when I went, I just was. You know, I was like, I'm alone. This place sucks. I hate Berlin. You know, it's a really weird town. Like if you walk around, they kept some of the buildings. Um, like you can see bullet holes from like World oh, War II during wow. the invasion and stuff like that. And um, and they have this weird Parliament building that looks like a like a gumball machine. <laughs> you should look up pictures of it. But uh, it was a really cold night and I made like a, my whole philosophy of language. I was like, this is my original thesis that 
this is how language works. Our, our my definitions of metaphysics. I bet it was. And super I came original. back, and it was just American pragmatism. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, I am brilliant. I went back, and I was bringing it up to McNamara all the time in our met- metaphysics class. And, you know, he's taking a very Thomistic approach and all this stuff. And I'd just be in the back like, you know, I don't know about this whole substance stuff. You know what I mean? And it was, uh, yeah, that was part of my Austria experience. But Well, you got so bored there. You went to a movie, right? Oh, in Berlin? Yeah. I can't remember. I did. Yeah, you I went did. to I a went, movie. I went, I've gone saw, to movies while traveling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got like, homesick. Did you, see, did you ever see the you movie just, Mud? Like, tried it. What was it? Mud. Mm-hmm. McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. it was like this backwoods. It was, it's so American. It was just, it was just what we needed while we were traveling. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So have you both been to Europe? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. We lived in England for a year. Oh, cool. You was that for did? your doctorate? Oh, uh, just him. Uh, uh, the we was his, yeah. his wife. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's not the first time. <laughs> what is, a while back we were talking, we were, talking we were talking to our wives. One of us was talking to them. We're like, yeah, we just haven't got it. Like got away and been alone for a long time. But it sounded and the, like both we're the wives about were each- like, you two? No. It was during my master's degree. Went, took a break, and went and studied Aquinas for a year at Cambridge. Oh wow! Dang, yeah, that's it awesome. awesome. Wow. It was awesome. And you got to travel a bit. A little bit, yeah. Is it difficult to study like solely one philosopher or like theologian? Like, if you're going to go off and just study Aquinas for like a full year, is that are you like tempted to? Like read somebody, I mean, it wasn't like, read somebody else. It wasn't like a strict rule that you couldn't read anyone else. You just, like the focus was yeah, Aquinas. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. For it depend on who it was. I think Aquinas you could do it. Although to understand Aquinas, you would need to be reading uh, his sources and his readers to make sure you're not missing stuff. Well, the Summa is so long that that's what he, we, we, that, we read the Summa while we were there. That's just like how uh, isn't the Summa just massive? It's, it's pretty big. Long, it took yeah. a year. <clears throat> Two years. Yeah. Wow. Dang! What a brilliant mind to create. I remember. Um, Reading that in uh, Christian, I took Christian marriage over it. That was like literally the best class ever. Would you like, give me one takeaway from Christian marriage. Oh man. Just the, like how we were, it was with father Yosef, right? So it was, okay. I don't know if you know who I don't he was. Know. No. He was great. He was like this. Kaloshnikov. He, he was this. Ukrainian. Father Yosef Varish. He was beard this. Went beard went like down, down like here. And then it was like chopped like oh, yeah. that. Oh, cool. Oh, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Ukrainian. And every example, like. Almost every example included a Kalashnikov, AK-47, uh, somewhere in there. You spoke a lot in our, uh, it wasn't Christian. You had him for Christian marriage as well. Yeah. I had a we Christian were in Christian moral principles. We were in Christian too. moral principles. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Definitely. One on. amazing takeaway was how beautiful actual like unity is between a couple. Huh. Like literally when the man and the woman are united, like that union how powerful that is. Like Like the conjugal union. The the conjugal conjugal union, how powerful that is in society. Because think about it. In especially in like an American society, we have so much divorce. Divorce rates like over 50% or something. To actually have a man and a woman in a faithful relationship, like that sticks Mm. out. Mm. You know how Mm. much in Hollywood to have a marriage that actually stays together? I mean there's guys in Hollywood that get married nine times. Mm To have a solid man and a mm. woman relationship in marriage for years is like, it's just unheard of. Yeah. Cause the world unfortunately is so corrupt that once it's gotten to the point where it's so corrupt that when you see an actual faithful couple, you're like, what, what's going on here? That yeah. bad. Yeah. And so yeah. like 
learning the beauty behind a union hmm. with a man and a woman is just like, it's power. It's because they don't bake power. bread together. You need that. The couple that bakes together. Yeah. Bakes together. Stays together. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's really cool that especially as, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that are like, dude, why is the Catholic church so strict? Like, it just seems like it's just rules and rules, but like, yeah, to some extent you're not wrong, but you don't see the beauty behind all this. Yeah. If you understood the beauty behind it, you'd be flocking yeah. to the Catholic church. No. It's, it's tough, but and like. The church is just like real. It has its, like, mm-hmm. in like you're saying with, we're getting more, and this is the thing, in modern society, I feel like we're getting more and more detached from reality, physical things, like real relationships, whatever. It just gets abstracted to uh, money or abstracted to power or all sorts of different things. And, um, or instead of like really, you know, caring for the other person, as like your spouse and really spending time with them and really... Um, you're more concerned about how your career is going or more concerned about, um, yeah, your finances, whatever. Um, if you do things like bake bread with your spouse or are in the kitchen and like, or have a garden or that'll force you to spend time with people, you know, it is a communal thing. There's, um, we, we were talking to Dr. Crosby about some of his uh, research and and a little book he wrote on the personalism of JP two. And what I was struck by not only in the writings of JP2, but in Dr. Crosby's very sort of being itself is this idea. There's something about the way um, he approaches the human person, just the, the, there's a certain reverence and sort of tremendous respect for the dignity of the person that if you, if you've met Dr. Crosby, you, you felt it, you experience it. Even if you're, there's no such thing as like a, like a passing conversation in the hall. I mean, he, he looks at you with such, uh, genuine interest and concern. And, um, but there, there's something about this that, you know, for whatever, you know, maybe the, the difficulties or, uh, philosophically, what some of the, the criticisms of personalism may be, there's certainly something about appreciating this sort of dignity of the human person. Um, that I don't know, something, something, maybe in some ways we have certain cultural practices and habits that, pull against that or, or yeah. intention with that. And, and there are certain things you can do in marriage and I think habits within the church that invite us back to appreciating like the person as like a unique, irrepeatable, irreplaceable creation back to the, back to Kellen's creation of God. There's something about like each of us at this table is, is, has his dignity by virtue of the fact that we're made for communion with, with the blessed Trinity. I mean, that's pretty fascinating. And my wife is, and my kids are, and, and that really helps you approach the person when you're mindful of that it helps you approach the person with a, with a certain reverence and fidelity. And, and it takes that time and reflection. Yeah, it does. You know, yeah. Uh, when I had Crosby, uh, the first thing he's like, okay, we're going to have signups for coming to my office and I'm going to meet. Every one of you. <laughs> does he really? He, yes. Awesome. And so we all signed up for a time does, and went in and uh, yeah, just sat down and he was there. He's like, hmm, okay. And you know, tell me about yourself. And yeah, I was like, okay, I'm from San Diego. This is, you know, my family and whatever. And uh, just talked to him. He's like, hmm. And then always is taking his time and yeah, asking yeah. the questions and thinking Never about hurried it. talking to you. Yep. Yeah. It's not like me where I'm just like, oh, let's, you know, one thing, next thing, whatever. It's, um, once you're finished talking, it's like, 
few seconds, you're almost like, oh, it's a little awkward. And then it's, he asked the next thing because it's deliberate. He's like thinking about it. He's yeah. mem- like yeah. bringing it into his memory. It's just so cool. And uh, yeah, he's living out that type of he personalism. Is. Yeah, and it, is. Yeah, it's that time and that effort to really get to know the other person. Um, and building a culture where we all kind of do that, where it's not just quick conversations here, there, yeah. where it's, um, yeah, I mean, Europe's like, where you can find that with the Catholic, well, the, the old habits of Catholic Europe of yeah, the traditions, um, yeah, the traditions having yeah. the church at the the center of the town and yeah. having the bakery and the brewery and people meet and they yeah. talk and they eat. Like we went to Munich for Oktoberfest and uh, like that just Catholic culture yeah. of being in a beer house with somebody <laughs> yeah. for yeah. just hours. Yeah. 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 Even if it's like yeah. 11 a.m. <laughs> well, it shows you, it shows you like the beauty behind diversity in each like culture. Yeah. In Europe, you know totally. what I mean? The Italians have a different culture. The French have a different culture. The Germans have a different culture. And just like how the Catholic church has been integrated like that. And like little things, like you said, like in a town, how the church is kind of the central point mm-hmm. and you have like the bakery and the brewery. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really like beautiful thing and something that you'll find in the heart of Europe. You know, a little German. How tall is that German guy? Is he like five five or something? About, let me see. Is he like five five and has like? How tall is a pretzel? He's a servant of the bread. He's probably like five five. <laughs> those, with those glasses and just like barely struggles to make it to the counter, like to the like as high as the counter, but like makes it there and then is able to you know like efficiently. Why are you looking? Bread. This is better than the truth. This, this, this is what we need to believe. Yeah, <laughs> like his height is going to be in the article. I'm genuinely looking for his height. It's like it's a bo- like a sports writer. <laughs> weight. Yeah. Oh, guys, again, a few days before I visited Baker Arndt Herbal in a southern Germany baker, a Hamburg newspaper described him as a bread god. Small G, but a bread god. Wow. I mean, idols. <laughs> Let me see. There, there's a description here somewhere. Um, with his bald head and his round glasses, he appears more monkish than almighty. Oh, servant. He's a servant. servant. He's a servant. Yeah. Sometimes a reporter can't differentiate between God and God's servant. <laughs> yeah. Looking with merely human eyes. Yeah. Mediates it too well. Yeah. Uh, quick plug. That yes, conversation please. with Crosby was on our podcast. Yes. Published at Franciscan. Published which, at Franciscan. Which you we find it on Apple Podcasts. Everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. podcasts are to be found. Wow. <laughs> All Spotify. Right. Yeah. All right. Nice. What's the name of it? Published at Franciscan. Published we just started it. Published at Francis. I like that. Yeah. The idea is that we, we go through the research of a, of a professor and we just ask them about the research and invite them to talk about it. And, um, cause like an active thing that professors do, right. Is they do research while they're like, typically, while yeah. typically like while they're doing their classes. Right. Yeah. So we're all doing our, on the, in addition to teaching, we're researching something and writing papers and presenting them, publishing them. And we don't get to talk about them very much. And, we end up doing our own thing so much that we don't even know what everyone else is doing. So right. the idea here is just to like talk to each other about what each person's like hyper specialty is. Yeah. Is oh, it hard awesome. being a professor? Like, I mean, especially like just emotional? like in general, like when you go to class, like are there physically, yeah, physically <laughs> uh, you know, if you, if you have the strength to like hand out paper, <laughs> yeah, like good, hopefully stand up for hours. Just like, paper. Just like though in class, um, is it just kind of, because obviously you're an expert at your skill, but is there, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> but it, well, 
I mean, uh, philosophy, there's so much. I don't know if you can be, uh, there's a lot in everything, but, um, Psychology is neat too. Psychology, there's a lot. I know. I was going to say, there's a lot in psychology. I'm that in the weekend. A long weekend. That's a Tuesday night. But yeah, no philosophy. You find it hard to be a professor sometimes at Franciscan? Those are, I think those are probably different questions. I don't, I think being a professor can be hard. I say it can be hard because there's a way in which you could just phone it in and sort of, you know, read off of a slide or just repeat what's in a textbook. But I think the kind of the kind of professor I want to be, and I think the kind of professor Dom wants to be, and um, I think a lot of the faculty members at Franciscan is hard because it requires that you stay up in in, in knowledge on the field that you're pursuing. Um, it also requires a certain amount of actual engagement with students. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of us don't fo- just phone it in, and so it's hard. It ter- takes a certain amount of energy, like. I know it doesn't it's public speaking. It's like public yeah. speaking. Yeah. I mean, so what you're and you're fielding questions, you're thinking on your feet, you're trying to model certain ways of thinking like an expert in the field. You're I mean, it can be it could be pretty tiring. I mean, I think it's hard in that way. Um but it's great. It's great. It's well, a, you love what you do, right? Yeah. And so yeah, I just think yeah. I think sometimes because I have like friends who go to like big UCs where there's like fifty thousand students. Yeah. It's like, so hard. And there's like because in, in my mom's like beginning chemistry class where there's like a thousand students it's crazy. and it's like you unless you really know that professor you don't I, I, like what no. i can't imagine like doing or being in a class like that because no <clears throat> in my experience i was very like personable and just like talking to professors and everything i go and hang out with them sometimes in their office but just thinking about how a professor could has like a thousand students I know. like you can't even see all of them probably no way. <laughs> it's just not like, even close it's just like what even a class year with like 30 students for me i'm just like this is a big class it's big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i think that's part of the hard part is you're you're and i think it's part of the part i love personally is getting to know some of the students and i took my lead off um brandon in this this regard every i thought it was really beautiful he'd have a like a potluck at the beginning of every semester with some of his classes and i I picked that. I mean, I adopted that. I copied that because I thought it was a really neat way to get to know students on a more personal level and um, have the opportunity. I find that students seem to learn better when they care about you and when they know you care about them. There's like, there's a sort of personal buy-in. Like this person wants to know me. They invited me to their house. And when there's a sense of community in the class. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I take my peers more seriously. I listen to what they have to say. I'm open to you know, anyway, so I thought that was a great idea that he had. And, uh, but that, again, that, that part can be certainly time consuming and it's, but no, I mean, and it's killed by COVID right now. Utterly destroyed yeah. by COVID. Yeah, that's, that's true. Of, yeah. Um, which is a bummer. I, mean, I think it, <clears throat> yeah. it changes the course, the class. Yeah. How did you guys adjust to that? Like, it, we, you know, what was it? And basically it was spring break. So like March yeah. something when you guys heard that, okay. I just got off spring break and I was actually on a cruise ship that entire week. Look at you. Luckily we're sitting here with our masks on. So, <laughs> yeah, But um, <laughs> like, how was the switch from that to online? Were you guys disappointed? Well, obviously you were disappointed. It was, it was hard. It yeah. was, what was it like personally? Disappointing. I mean, we had, we're in deadly vices and we had yeah. spent, it's such a communal that class like and amazing we class. had just gotten, wow, I wish I took that like halfway in and 
I mean, we're building the community the whole time. Like we're working, we're learning together. And then we just didn't get to be together again. And so it was, it was terrible. I feel like there's so much more of an experience when you're there together as compared yeah. to just online. What about yeah. you, Dr. V? No, How did same. that change you? <clears throat> same. I, I, I think I do much better face to face. Um, and one of the classes I was teaching in particular, I sort of run it like seminar style. So it's just discussion based and it's much harder to get a good discussion going on zoom or on collaborate or whatever you're using. It's just really difficult. And so I think the students, you know, to their credit, um, a lot of the students tried really hard and yeah. continued to work and, but, um, it just changed. It changed the dynamic of the class. And, um, I'm like, I thought I actually, I missed, I missed like being in class with the students yeah. and seeing their faces. Yeah, it was and, so great to be back this semester. Oh yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Felt like such a long time, you know, from, it was from March yeah. to August. Jeez. I know. So it's weird. Like eternity. So oh, weird. You know, we, have, we have summer and just like the, the bold longest move, <laughs> the longest, the bold move by father Dave to bring, I mean, that takes some guts. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. I mean, seriously. Like, and the way we've been handling too, there's only been what, like a couple cases so far. Like the max per the max new cases in a week has been five so far. It's oh, that's pretty impressive. It's yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah, praise God. And yeah. I, I was kind of skeptical as to whether people would actually follow the rules. I had money on the line on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, people. but if people really cared, they mean they would do that. And I no, lost my bet, but no, yeah. like professor wants to see it go completely no. off again, just because no. of the recklessness of somebody. You right, know, okay. people. Yeah, we were fortunate that we started a little later because we got to see we had cautionary tales from other universities that had to yeah. go online after well, a week UNC and a half. had what like UNC. a huge North yeah. Carolina had a huge party. Yeah. Like one hundred and seventy yeah. cases or something. Notre Dame. Yeah, they sent everyone home. Notre Dame locked everyone down. Yeah, yeah. we've wow. been chugging along, Francis University. Yeah, I have. Yeah, and hopefully we'll. Uh, yeah, by the time the bread and virtue class happens, maybe this will be all a distant memory. Yeah. And, I, uh, so, uh, on to Europe and on to. Uh, to we're going to have you so. back on the show. After that, yeah, that'd be great. yeah, yeah. That. we yeah. you have to tell that. us all about. See it. if we see more virtuous. More virtuous, and see if you learned any like wisdom from that German guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, guys. Bring him on the show. We're not, gonna, we're not going to see the German guy. I'm just, I'm just gonna let everyone know that, guys. I have been, but Dom has been naysaying the German guy since I brought him up. I don't even think he's read the article. I sent it to him. I still don't think he's read the article. Maybe after this pretzel, <laughs> you have to find him. He's a servant. He is the one to to go to. Uh, that has to be. If anything happens out of this class, I'll like, pay you guys. Like, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. If anything, I think that's uh, uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Um, so, if you wanted to join the course, uh, send me an email. Send Dom an email. Yeah. yeah. B Dom, Dom at Francis. And Dom is D A H M. Correct. At It is shorter. Also, just put in all caps, I want to go. Yeah, Breadmaster. Yeah, yeah. All that type of stuff. Teach me virtue. Yeah. yeah. I would so do that if there wasn't, if I wasn't like on, occupied on campus next semester, because I'm going to be working with all the sports and there's going to be basically 11. It'll be after the semester. It starts semester. May. May 17th. It, it starts right after it's graduation. It's right after graduation. Oh, it's after graduation. So I think that means you're coming because you we met the yeah. condition of what you just said. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 I wouldn't mind meeting the pretzel maestro. Yeah. Totally. This little short German I'm, dude. We're gonna give him a prank call. <laughs> I, 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 I hope he's six four when you get there. He's huge. He's a looming man. Six four and huge. He's an absolute beast of a man. <laughs> Wunderbar. Yeah. Uh, totally. Thanks so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for, having us. Thanks for having yeah, us. Guys. Guys. And uh, we're. 
possibly back on after the uh, after the bread and virtue class. Hundred percent right. virtue. So uh, right. that's gonna wrap it up for us uh, tomorrow. We have Steve on the podcast. We're doing uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Tuesday, well, the I don't Cal know who's on Thursday, but the Cal and Alex show just keeps rolling. Is this live? Uh, no, not live at the uh, moment, but if okay. someone listens to this Is before Steve tomorrow. someone people know by first name? Just, it's just, Steve? I don't it's just Steve. Steve Hill. Steve Hill. Steve Hill. Steve Hill. Steve Hill's coming on. Steve Hill. Steve Hill's coming on. We, uh, yeah, he's a grad student from California. Um, so we're going to be having the California lingo going right. wild. Like you know him as Steve, everybody. You call him Steve. Everybody, it's just Steve, Steve the grad student. Uh, no, yeah. he's, he's great. Um, yeah, that's tomorrow. And, uh, cool. we like a teaser. What will you be talking about? Oh, he's a convert. What Steve always talks yeah. about. You know, everybody knows yeah. what Steve's going to be talking about. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. A servant, another servant of the bread. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to use that tagline somewhere. It's servant of the bread. Servant of the bread. bread. There's got to be some saint that's also like servant to the bread. Who or is the patron like saint of baking or oh, bread? I know the name, but... Uh, Shoot, I can't remember. Let me see, real quick. I, I okay, just, if, you're, if Pretzel Guy comes up, as, if it's the same name, we'll go. <laughs> okay, okay, deal, deal. Patron it's the Saint's the German. Even if the Saint's German, I'll go. Oh, Servant of the, the Bread, Ma- Master Maestro of the Pretzels edition. Saint Honoritus? <laughs> Master. Saint Anor- Let me see. Honoritus? A Carthusian. He's a patron. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on, hold on. Oh. Also called, sometimes called Honor- uh, Honore. Is the patron saint of bakers and pastry chefs. You should see Dr. Dom's look right this now. This is an NPR article. Let me see. Honore. Oh, that's where we go to find out about Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. Born in Bavaria in 487. Oh, Bavaria in 487. This guy, wait, wait. Yeah. This, yeah. The pretzel guy may be Bavaria too, because you said it's, it's Germany. It yeah, may yeah. be Southern. I'm lying. I made that. Oh, just oh God. Oh, oh, geez. I was just trying to, you sorry. Um, I don't, he looks French. Say. I think he's French. <sighs> Exactly. That's where we're going to oh, Exactly. <laughs> You're going to Paris. You're going to Paris. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thanks, guys. Pray Thanks for so us, St. Honore. H O R E. Help us to make wonderful <clears throat> bread. Thanks so much for uh, coming Thank on the podcast. Thanks Appreciate for having it. us. And uh, peace out, guys. If there's a Christian religion, then it's Catholicism or nothing. What politics actually is, art of people living together, orienting one another towards virtue. And the person was like, dude, flirting is the abortion of love. This is the most worthy, most exciting, most adventurous. Drop a nuke on the Franciscan bubble. The Kellen and Alex Show. God could have stopped it. If he Permissive wanted. will. That's right. <laughs> I don't know why God would allow something like that to go through, but then again, God allows. God allows you to, to go on and on. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Truth, okay. <laughs>